And now, live, from Godison Park, the 200% podcast, with Ian Bigsy King, and Edward Z. Carter. Open wide for some soccer! Hello pod fans and welcome to 200% podcast number 324 324 Yep I prefer 324 that's how Arsenal play after Jack has been sent off Yes <laughs> That's how they're going to have to start their next game isn't it because you know no players well, no well, players possibly so. they're all injured Stick a pin in that but we're also today because there's a uh, even even greater matter of note than Ian sticking the boot into Arsenal. We are joined today by a genuine real life Everton supporter, Sam White. Hello, Sam. Hi. It's <laughs> yeah. I feel as if I should be lighting a candle or something. <laughs> would you mind? I think it would be appropriate. Oh dear. Before we dig into the travails of Everton, Ian three hundred and twenty four. Have we got a match for us that had an attendance of 320? I have. Was I it have. Norwich versus Everton? <laughs> yeah, okay. 22nd of September 2012. FA Trophy second qualifying round. Basingstoke Town 3, Weymouth 1. Oh, okay. And the only thing that I've got on this is that Basingstoke have a player who rejoices in the surname of... It's a double barrel one, this... It's a Holder Spooner. <laughs> I, uh, it only Fair had his play. surname on there, so I had to went, go up and look, look him up. Uh, and his name is Jordace Holder Spooner. Oh, well done. Well, I mean, everyone involved in that, mother and father, have done fine work. Hold, yeah, Holder Spooner. So there you go. Um, I don't know whether he's he had to be a footballer because he couldn't go into professional egg and spoon. No, <laughs> like that would have been. I don't know how many times do you think he's heard that. Before? Well, enough hijinks, as your picture on Twitter often says, Sam. Ha-ha! It's time for Everton. <sighs> I was actually quite glad that Rafael Benitez got the sack, because one of the... <laughs> because I hate him. No, because one of the things about our podcast recording and release schedule often means that all of this stuff that we anticipate happen 
is, is going to happen happens in the interim thus making us look like a pair of rubes yeah i was wondering this today i was, I was scared we were going to appoint someone and well there'd be nothing and <laughs> there'd be very little left to say they will they will appoint someone um if, before thursday i can absolutely guarantee that because that's the way that this thing works but nevertheless, they did at least reach some res- resolution with Rafael Benitez after what can only be described as a shit show against Norwich City. That that, that was really... I mean, I, uh, I'm i not a very seasoned analyst of football. I generally tend to think of football as being exquisite chaos. But even I could see that Everton were all over the place. It was a sad sight to see. Strangely enough, I did uh, I did a podcast, a Everton podcast on Friday night, and we were talking about the last time we were this bad. And the last time we were this bad, we got done um, five one by Norwich in about nineteen ninety eight, I think it was, and with Evan Koku scoring four times. <laughs> and- <laughs> So, you know, these things are cyclical. I, and... <laughs> I, I went to see Everton be terrible against Norwich once. And it would have been 1993, I think. And uh, it was a very peculiar day because I, I kind of went to this game and uh, I ended up, I went in the Norwich end because, you know, I have no great opinion either way. And Norwich won one nil. I forget who it was who scored. And it was a terrible game. But they found out uh, at the end of the match, we were still in there about 10 minutes after the final whistle. It's when they had that two-tier thing with the terrace down the front and the seats at the back. And uh, Oh, and, yeah, uh, the old park. Yeah, we were, we, were, we were sitting up the top of that, right. peering through it like... It's like the experience of uh, flying a World War One biplane, I should imagine, a little <laughs> bit. And um, at about 10 minutes after the end of the game, it came through on somebody's transistor radio that Ipswich, of all people, had beaten Manchester United. And so the win at Everton put Norwich top of the Premier League. I think it was the Premier League. Hmm. It was uh, ninety three. It was because it was, yeah. was ninety two. I think it was ninety three. It's yeah. the first season of the Premier League. Yeah, that, that we, I think we've discussed this before. The your the day that you watched Norwich go top of the Premier League. Um, Norwich are in no no danger of being top of the Premier League anytime soon, but they are only six points behind Everton now. Everton are sort of marooned in fifteenth. Six points above the relegation zone, four points behind the team ahead of them, who are Brentford. So well done. <laughs> well done, everyone concerned there. It was an interesting game. Rafael Benitez, obviously famous for his incredibly minute, diligent research. Uh, he just sort of put out a team in four four two, like he couldn't be bothered. Like it's just the default formation for me. And everybody just ran around like headless chickens. It's really odd because the previous, obviously the cup game, we get we played five at the back against Hull in the cup. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that tells you all you need to know about his confidence in our, our, our solidity. Um, but yeah, just kind of whacked out a a four four two. We've got you know an aging fullback on one side and a new lad 
on the other yeah, because we no yeah. longer have Luca Dean um, <laughs> for reasons. For reasons. Uh, <laughs> for reasons. Uh, yeah, no, it was absolutely. It was just catastrophic, and I think it it, it just put the frighteners up the um, ownership that we we really are getting drawn into a a relegation battle here. And and still yeah. still might well do. Well, I mean, it's it's making me wonder whether or not it was actually a good idea to sack Carlo Angelo. <laughs> it's an absurd <laughs> thing to say, isn't it? I, I wish we hadn't sacked Carlo Angelotti now. That what that wasn't our fault. We couldn't compete with with Real Madrid. No, that's like yeah, we that's did. True. We we did. It's the I think it's it's the only one of the the six we've not sacked. <laughs> The one who's it's the one who's walked. <laughs> He's the one out of the six who probably could walk. Yeah. You know. The others were really in no state to by the time. It's interesting they interestingly, of course, that the the first of the six, the canonical six that we're gonna call the uh, Moshiri era Everton managers, the first of the six, Roberto Martinez, is currently evens with William Hill to be the next Everton manager. Oh, God. Why would he do that, though? That That's such a terrible move for both. I, I love the bones of the man, but not... No, that, that's an awful idea. We shipped, we, you know, we played five at the back the other night and shipped two goals. Can you imagine Martinez defence <laughs> Martinez defense at Everton? <laughs> I, I mean, we'd score some, but we'd be chipping 12 regularly. It's true. I mean, one, one thing that Rafael Benitez was saying... Uh, is that he wasn't aware of the financial problems within the club. And the the team does look like it needs serious investment, which is unfortunate (laughs) because they've already invested half a billion pounds in this team. As I honestly, I don't know where it's gone. Where, where, where? (laughs) It's it's something of... um... God, there's 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 something of Leeds about it, you know, a chairman that will sign a load of blank checks, but there is no kind of governance structure that rubber stamps these decisions. Like we've been through two directors of football who are um, like well regarded. We've been through uh, Steve Walsh and Marcel Brands, mm. but they've been given such free reign without any kind of intervention from from a board level that it's just been spunked away like we that that's um under Kerman so just after Martinez left we you know we had about we had about six number tens all of them mediocre it's it's true well the problem is that every manager has been given money and that manager has gone out spent a whole bunch of money not enormous amounts each but cumulatively over, you know, now six managers. And, um, and of course, those players are then tethered to the club by their contracts. And if they're not playing any good, and they mostly haven't been playing any good, then they can't easily be shifted on. And so what you end up with is, is, is like one manager's template being layered on another manager's, and then another, and another. And by the time you get to the fifth or sixth iteration of that, it's like a fucking Jackson Pollock picture. You know, you can't make out what the plan is. When I look at that bunch of Everton players now, it's like, well... 
Oh, it's inco- it's it's totally incoherent. Less coherent, yeah. probably, than when we were in trouble in '98. Yeah, mm. it, it's probably that bad again. And uh, of course, the difference with Rafa is Rafa. I don't want to call him Rafa. The problem with Rafael Benitez is that because he's a bit of a an empire builder, and he, and the um. And the border won over so easily. So they've also kind of responded to his request to sat, you know, to get rid of the director of football, had a scouting, had recruitments gone, all the backroom medical staff have gone. He's just absolutely hollowed us out. So all yeah. all even the pillars that we previously had. Yeah. Are no, are no longer there. And and then of course he also fell out with um Lucas Dean, which who is a really, really, really good player. But then, of course, when it came to... This was only last week. He sold him to Steven Gerrard as well. It's like, just from an optics perspective... Like I think he thought he could get away with it because uh, Dean's had a, a bit of a poor run of form, but he's still basically a quality attacking fullback. Well, yeah, I mean, when you consider that the replacement that they got for him, uh, I don't know how much he cost, Mikolenko, the Ukrainian, for the first goal, he was caught out of position, uh, allowing Michael Keane to smartly finish inside the near post. And for the second one... He was, I don't know where he was. He was halfway up the field. So he almost scored an own goal, but like within about the first. Oh, yeah. In the second second half, he had an enormous brain fart and just passed it to a Norwich player uh, in in the six yard box. But he he had a disastrous debut. And this was, yeah, and this was essentially, you don't, you, you know. The succession planning has to go on. You might not be very happy with the player. He, he might not be conducting himself perfectly. But you've got to work with um, your established players. And Rafa just seemed to throw a bitch fit with him, uh, which may may have been justified, but it doesn't justify selling him to um, a rival. The week well, yeah, before you yeah. get sacked. Uh, and that's, and there's, there's the problem, you see. I mean, you know, Monday... He's offloading a player to satisfy the manager. The following Sunday, six days later, he's sacking him. What? Well, that doesn't even make any sense. This is the thing. Uh, seem is a little bit of a wish.com Dan Levy, if you know what I mean. <laughs> like, he wants, he wants to make football decisions he's entirely unqualified to make mm. and... Mm. and does it on, on a time scale that's just completely unrealistic. Yeah. It's so bizarre, though, the timing of this for me, because what you've got is it's, as we're recording, it's 14 days until the close of the transfer window. They didn't back Benitez particularly by giving him lots of money. And yet, as you say, he's managed to sack the director of medical, head of recruitment, chief scout, director of football and their starting left back. They've replaced them with, I mean... Nathan Patterson is all very well and good, but I can't see him getting a game in front of Seamus Coleman, who's uh, still the captain of the team, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, I actually think that's a a good signing because Coleman doesn't have many years left in him. So to have an understudy is a good thing. That's a reasonable move, yeah. 
And I, I think he was on the radar pre Benitez as well. Like we'd been looking at him for a while. It's just such a strange and incredibly Everton thing to do. This quick, we'll, we need a new manager in. We've not really got any money, but I'll give you loads anyway. Just, just grab. It's going to be supermarket sweep. And it, in fact, one of the strangest things about the match against Norwich is that Benitez only used two of his substitutes. I find that really, really peculiar. That seemed to me to be a game that was absolutely set up for Anwar El Ghazi to come off the bench and do fuck all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he couldn't possibly... That, that, the indignity of that would have been too... I mean, we're all border... You know, we're all sort of borderline ready to chuck it in anyway. I'm not sure Everton as a concept has been working out. It's <laughs> well. Looking at the team that you put out, I'm, I'm thinking you, you've got a good point. Uh, Sorry, what, Everton. It's not me. It's definitely you. One of one, yeah. of one of the things about Everton that I particularly have noticed this season is I think Benitez has got this idea that bringing youth through and giving youth their head is, you know, the very Sir Alex Ferguson thing to do is a great idea, and it is a great idea, but. The youth players that Sir Alex Ferguson brought through were Paul Scholes and David Beckham and, you know. And it's also worth remembering that prior to that, Ferguson also had many failures. Of course, mm. and, and subsequent to it, he had, an, he had more failures. Mm. Anthony Gordon could turn out to be a good player, but he's not ready yet, is he? By any means. He, do you know what? It was It was his, one of his first really poor performances um, against Norwich, and I kind of felt for him because he had done well, um, but he's not ready no, to be no. a staple. It's hard not to feel for him. I mean, the kid's still got spots. I mean, you know, he's probably still doing his GCSEs by the looks of him. And oh, he, his mum still he, does that hair, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> she gets a pudding basin on that every Sunday night. You can see it. <laughs> Talk, talking of people who aren't ready for things may or may not be ready for things. Where do you stand on the idea of Wayne Rooney, Everton manager? Until recently, I I was completely opposed because I assume it is too soon for him. Um, But then seeing some of the other candidates, I'm like, this might be the best gamble we could make. Like... um, He's got, you know, he's got experience dealing with a basket case at uh, at Derby, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, and it would be, it would be a risk. But looking at the other, ca- I was looking at the other candidates, and it's like uh, uh, at the bookies, and it's like uh, Roberto Martinez, Duncan Ferguson, Frank Lampard. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Frank Lampard. Uh, Frank Lampard, Frank actual look now. Oh, no, Nuno's up to fourth at 14, uh, fourteen to one now. Yeah, I look. I looked earlier this morning, and uh, I had Graham Potter and Frank Lampard were both eight. Graham Potter would be mad. He would be would absolutely be mad. mad. <laughs> he would be, and I'm not as mad as I'd be. <laughs> no, of course not. Fucking hell! But. I mean, uh, yeah, Nuno, um, Unai Emery, 14 to 1 this morning. Uh, David Moyes, 
33 to 1. Same price as Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer. Do you know what's tragic about Moyes is um, before Benitez, and, and again, this is another one of my problems with um, Maseri. He said, I, I offered them Moyes and they said no. So I offered them Benitez and they also said no. So we're just going with this. I'm like, why are you listening to the fans about this? Like, what? why are you reading the pet because you know objectively Moyes would have been a great choice you know one of the great and one of the great things about him was that he's so self-sustaining he brings a backroom staff with him um we haven't got a director of football but he's very good at having four or five players with that he's got his eye on for every position um and can work within limited means, which we need to do with FFP. Objectively, Moyes would have been a great choice, but everyone was a bit, oh, I've been here before. Like, well, he shouldn't be making decisions based on the kind of media reception mm. um, and the fan mm. reception, which which is openly what, what he's done here. Um we could have we could have had Moyes. We could have had some stability, which is actually what we need above all else right now. See, I have very I've I've, I've developed very strong opinions over Wayne Rooney and going to Everton. Have you? Uh, I have. Yeah, mm. it's weird. It's weird because I was always pretty bigger, am- bigger and better office for him to sleep in. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> I was always pretty ambivalent about him as a player. I mean, I knew I recognised that he was a very good player, but you know, he he'd gone from a Liverpool club to a Manchester club, and I just don't. Uh, it, it, it always makes you feel uncomfortable, doesn't it? He was very harshly judged for that. Yeah, um, by yeah. by us at the time. Also, but I mean, Liverpool hated him as much as we did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. so you know that 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 kind of always tempered it a little bit. But I've been a very close watcher of him since he took over at Derby because there's never been such a high profile manager at such a basket case of a club. But I didn't think he'd last more than five minutes. And I've been enormously impressed with him. And in ways that I didn't expect to be. Um, He has conducted himself superbly in the media. He clearly must have had media training. He strikes the perfect balance between expressing his antagonism with the situation in which he finds himself, which I think is entirely fair, uh, but also a recognition of the role that the supporters are playing in keeping the club going, which they desperately need at the moment. And just saying and doing all the right things. And their record this season, of course, the striking irony here, is that they beat Sheffield United on Saturday. It's their fourth win in five games. Uh, and um, it lifted them off the bottom of the table, despite having had a 21-point deduction over the course of the season. I think if um, if they hadn't had the points deduction, they would be about 10th or 11th. Yeah, it's about that. Yeah, and you all, yeah. you have to also bear in mind there that they were under transfer embargo 
until about two or three weeks before the start of the season. Um, you know, this this team has got Niall Ranger. <laughs> like, you know, you know, it's that that's 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 how rough and ready it is. And um they've got this ton of shit going on. The AFL's reinstated the transfer embargo. They didn't allow them to sign an extension on Phil Jaggy so Phil Jagielka's contract. Oh contract. god, yeah. Um, so he's gone to yeah, so he's gone to Stoke. So they've lost like one of their best defenders. And at the end of all that he comes out, just beat Sheffield United and off the bottom of the table. And so yeah. I think he's done an incredible job. Even if but, he doesn't keep them up, he's done an incredible oh, yeah. job. Yeah, no, he's, I know people yeah, are saying he could he could actually do it, but he, even if he doesn't... Yeah, it's a, it, an unbelievable job. And uh, I've gone to being a real, genuine admirer. You know, I, I've been quite surprised by it because it's not something I would have expected to happen. I think Everett will break him. Oh, that's the thing. Possible. I think that Everton are close to unmanageable at the moment, and I don't think that Rooney is uh, experienced enough. And I think the Premier League is an unbelievably unforgiving environment. You know, he's got eight games more at Derby in a season than in the Premier League. It's you know every result counts in a way that that doesn't doesn't happen in the championship you can kind of afford to lose one or two and uh i'm worried that uh, that this this development because and, and i also think it will be an interesting sign of good newsy kind of story there that you've got england's record goal scorer actually everybody spent the whole of his career just banging on about how thick he was um and this that and the other and just attributed all this kind of bullshit to him but then he actually turned out to be a brilliant manager I think that would be a really... He was, he was, he was always big... very astute as a footballer, yeah. which yeah. is a very... It's a very strange thing to wed with uh, people saying how thick he is. Well, I don't, he, I don't think he, he is. He always says... I don't think it is at all, because he's got an Irish accent. Um, he's from Liverpool and he's working class. But essentially, that's what it is. And if he actually turns out to be a superb manager or a really good manager on top of being England's record all-time goal scorer I think that would be kind of swell yeah it, it, if I had the level of affection for him that you do I'd feel exactly the same but <laughs> but, as, but as it stands I'm perfectly willing to uh, sacrifice to that take, particular to, to uh, take lamb a, take a yeah. I think that Everton's best option is give it to a big dunk till the end of the season because I oh. don't really think that there's much chance of putting in place a plan at the moment. So right now, it's best to focus on the right now, kick it into touch till the end of the season. The, the aim at the moment is 17th place for Everton, isn't it? Oh, yeah. The the Rooney argument kind of holds... Your Rooney argument holds true for me and Ferguson now. Yeah. It's like I, yeah. I, I, I care about him too much to be yeah, that's, able that's to all, dry that's, like that's that. Also, yeah, that's also fair. I mean, the problem is that this is just the worst time of year for this to be happening. If it had been a couple of months ago, everybody's kind of expecting it. You know, it's that time of year, October, November, everyone's getting rid of their managers. But of course, they couldn't do it then because they'd only given him the job in the summer. Well, you know, I mean, I say that, I mean, Spurs did. Um <laughs> <laughs> and they're immeasurably better for it in in the league at least. 
I mean, the thing about Ferguson is he's he's very good with the youngsters. Mm. Um, he's very sort of galvanising. Um, by all accounts, he's a, he's a very solid coach, but he doesn't. He ha, he has interviewed for the permanent job before, yeah. and yeah. hasn't got it. Um, and I don't I don't think over promoting him will will do us any good. Yeah. He's one of the yeah. few sort of stable yeah. components yeah. at Everton at the minute. Yeah, no, yeah, that, yeah, that makes sense. See, because but I I don't think Everton are going to get relegated. I think that. Uh, Norwich, Newcastle, and Burnley uh, and Watford really are all bad enough for that six-point gap to remain in place. Yeah, I don't expect us to, but I wouldn't rule it out. Mm. But, uh, but it'll be very interesting to see what happens in the next couple of games. Uh, you, you know, are they going to get a new manager bounce or a no manager bounce? You know, could happen. Yeah, just an um, absence of Rafa bounce. Yeah. No, a no, a no Rafa bounds. He's been poor at the players who've got a bit of a rick in them. Like we mentioned Michael Keane, but also, and the same goes for Jordan Pickford, really. The ones who need a bit of soft soap, because if they have a wobble early in a match, their heads go. So they, they, yeah. they need some kind of arm round their shoulder and maybe Ferguson as an interim is 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 the person to be doing that. Yeah, I mean, I just think if you frame it as... This is till the end of the season. This is part of a plan that this gives us four or five months to actually shop around, maybe get some value because everybody always goes for the obvious names with managers. Everyone does, but Majeri in particular, he's he's flicking through his catalogue of people he has heard of or looks nice yeah. in a coat. Too. I mean, that's the thing is that as I was saying that, as I was saying all of that, I was thinking to myself, what you're actually doing here is coming up with a list of things that he isn't going to do. Yeah. Uh, there's not going to be a plan. There isn't. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, and that's the thing, isn't it? You know, fucking Martinez. What's that about? <laughs> it, it's a name. It's literally, it's a name. I mean, I, I don't, you know, the first guy he sat. Yeah, the first guy he sat after a terrible run would be like, the first season under Martinez is the happiest I've ever been watching Everton because we were playing with sort of we played with high full high sort of overlapping fullbacks and we had a really solid uh, sort of number six to fill in. You've got to be so organised to play like that and with a target man as well with a really good target man, which arguably we've got in Calvert Lewin. But you need really strong fullbacks, a really good pivot. And a really good target man, and it's just nothing that we've got at the minute. Yeah, that, and that's the problem, isn't it? It requires Benitez's uh, Martinez's system requires a certain sort of player in certain sort of positions doing certain sort of things, and it's not something you can uh, you can fudge. Yeah. You know, you, especially not without Luca Dean. Is this, isn't there not? You know, is there not like a fourteen day cooling off period on players' contracts? <laughs> <laughs> could I, could Everton okay. could like the new Everton manager if they can get if they can get one in by the end of the week? The new I'm Everton, prepared to cry know. for him. Just just please come back. So I'm so sorry. Yeah. This wasn't yeah. none of us wanted this to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Great big blubbery tears and snot bubbles. If we all record enough of those videos, <laughs> oh dear. But I mean, target oh. man wise, you've got Rondon. 
He's, he's a perfect target man because you know exactly where he's going to be because he doesn't move ever. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it's the and and another thing about Benitez, he insisted on starting with them up front. He wouldn't move Gray up front. He just insists on starting with this kind of human refrigerator and just keeping him in the box the whole match. It was. You know, you can't play with a, an obelisk as a number nine. It's it's not possible. It's really, it's so frustrating. And it's just stunk of pig-headedness from him because he brought him in and he was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show them. I was right on this one. You know Everton need. Here not managing this, playing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't, I probably said it on the podcast last week. Go well, on. I might have said it to you over the weekend. I said, you know Brighton need. You know who Everton need at the moment. Andy Carroll. <laughs> 48 years old. Still yeah. going strong. Scent of varnish about him. I'm, I'm, still made of glass. Yeah, you see, I think he's made of solid oak. Yeah, he'll, he'll do a job for you. Well, we've got, we should have... Um, now Calvert-Lewin's coming back, we should, we should have a kind of very straightforward, very... You know, very reliable leaping salmon of, of of a striker back. So that's one of the things that shouldn't be too much of a problem with uh, with Richarlison sort of playing off him. It's what one of the areas that isn't actually completely fucked. Hmm. I mean, it is true actually that one of the the things that was holding Benitez back was this absolute and utter insistence on playing Rondon. And you do get the feeling that whatever manager comes in is going to take one look at him and go, well, I'm not building a team around that and sell him to Henry Cecil's yard, I think. Yeah. There's probably the the nub of a team there. I mean, there should be for the amount of money they've spent. (laughs) About 20 or 30 teams. Like I say, we got a load of number 10s and then spent about the same on Arsenal wingers. But, it's oh, <laughs> Alex and Wobi. Jesus Christ. Who I found out the other day is 25. <laughs> oh, no. How old would you have estimated he was? Because I, I thought he must be coming up to retirement. I think, well... He's been around for a while, I, I think. I think he's coming up to retirement. <laughs> but Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, don't, I mean, yeah, you know, there's some there's some decent players. Like, Andros Townsend wasn't in evidence at all at the weekend. And I don't know what Benitez is thinking. Sort of, God, I don't need Andros Townsend here. Just... He's a funny one, though, isn't he, Townsend? He he's never he's been so close. Um, you know, two or three different at Spurs. He was like it was. You were kind of willing him to be the player that he looked like he might have the potential to be. And he's perfectly good. He's a perfectly decent player. But he had the... really was... He always felt to me like he was just a few inches from being great. If you um, saw his show reel, you'd think he, he'd had a sort of yeah. messy-ass career. Yeah, <laughs> but he's never quite got there. And, it's, and I, I, I find that kind of kind of annoying you know because you have to be because he played the Spurs and Everton and that the thing is you're not going to win any trophies there and uh, you, the the players who you think oh man if they were like 
one iota better than they are, he'd be on his way to Man City or Chelsea. But it's just just short. Just short. I regard just everything short. we get out of Townsend as a bonus, really. Because it, it, it is a sort of interim to retirement job, isn't those it? Those showreels have got a lot to answer for because they're exactly the sort of thing that Mashiri watches and goes, this is the man I need for my football club. <laughs> but that's, that's the sort of thing that made Celtic sign Raphael Scheidt. Um, <laughs> is that they, they took a look at a video of him didn't realise that it, it was all taken from a match where his team had lost 4-0 and um, gave Martin O'Neill a difficult problem. This is the problem about having no scouts now. <laughs> We've got no scouts, <laughs> no scouting department. We'll have, we'll, this is just going to be some bloke who probably used to work in accounts in a room looking at YouTube. Well, I guess well so. I'll tell you what, I'm just looking at YouTube now. At uh, Salomon Rondon highlights videos, oh, and there's quite a few. <laughs> so, oh, hang on a minute. One of them's been uploaded by Farhad Mashiri. <laughs> well, you know, he looked at, he looked all right at Newcastle, but well, that's so the did Rafael Benitez. The top one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why couldn't he have just gone back there? They wanted him. We yeah. didn't. Well. Ian was saying a, f- uh, a few weeks ago that Eddie Howe would have been a good fit for Everton. and um, I, I don't necessarily hold that opinion now. Well, maybe not. Not, not, not now, but he, he, went to, he went to sign Kylian Mbappe and accidentally got Chris Wood. <laughs> that's a mistake. That, that's like the person who accidentally orders 10 million bricks on Amazon when he only wanted a thousand. I'll tell you what, right. So sorry to go off at a bit of a tangent here. But Newcastle signing Chris Wood and their supporters getting all excited. Did nobody there stop and think about how far they've fallen? <laughs> Was celebrating buying some great big lump just to piss off Burnley. <laughs> Well, yeah. I, I quite, I really love how all their signings have been like resoundingly within their sort of within their bracket. Yeah. <laughs> They've just shown yeah. such lack of ambition, which I kind of love. Burnley don't need any players anymore because they've apparently given up playing games. They're now a purely metaphysical concept. <laughs> <laughs> This is kind of the problem, isn't it, with this um, postponement thing? Is that it's obviously being gamed now? Well, yeah. Let, I mean, let's 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 get into that more deeply. Let's discuss the postponement of the weekend. It's the new match of the day. Yeah. <laughs> Did you're talking about the North London derby between Tottenham Hotspur and Woolwich Cowards? Yeah. Did <laughs> Did Arsenal 
pussy out <laughs> of the North London Derby. Ian King. Um, uh, actually, I don't think they did. I think, well, It depends, doesn't it? That's the thing. If they only had 12 fit players, then yes, it's fair to call that game off. It's ridiculous to say that Oh, you've got 11 fit players, you can play the game. This is the Premier fucking League. Stop being so stupid, you know. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, But then the question becomes, were they being honest about the number of players they had out injured? And then you have a secondary question, which is, is it right that a team should be able to call a match off over things that, should be considered just common or garden fair wear and tear throughout the course of a season i.e. injuries suspensions and if you sign African players then African players going to play in their continental tournament these are all known variables the point about COVID is that it was not a known variable we and to have one player who's tested positive and get yeah. a match called off, you know, that's never happened before. I really admired the front with that and I really wanted them to just take it further and say, we've got one out with COVID and the rest had a dodgy lasagna. Yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Spurs, Spurs lost... Just, just at, at least push it to uh, yeah, comedy I mean, levels. Spurs lost 30 million quid off that. I think it was 30 million quid. You got, into, you got in TV money for a, a group stage in the Champions League at, at that time. And they had to play that game. They had to play that game with people who were throwing up before, during and after the match. And it is, you know, the only defence against that is, well, it was 15 years ago. But <laughs> the the flip side to that argument is that they've got enough players to make up a bench. Well, yeah. I mean, they've got without... enough players to make up a bench of nine. If you go down into the reserve teams and the youth teams, you've got those, you know... If if you can't face the thought of having them as an unused substitute on your bench, why are they even in the employ of your club? Yeah. I've got some numbers here. They, the, Arsenal were without 15 first-team players. Right. Four, four of them are at AFCON. Although mm-hmm. uh, I believe I Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has been sent back home now. <laughs> so that, He's had a bad be, month, hasn't he? He has had a, bad had a very month. bad month. Uh, only one of them, of the, the 15, has got COVID, which is uh, Morton Odegaard, although I believe a second player has now also taken Yeah, yeah, second. Because Morton think... Odegaard was um, dared to lick his eyeball. And then... <laughs> and then uh, yeah, no, it was the, the second one remains unnamed, or it did, did the last time I looked. Here's some more numbers. Nine is the number of first-team players they've got out on loan at the moment. Three... Yep. Is the amount of under twenty three players they've got out alone at the moment. Uh, three is also the number of players that reports on the twelfth of January this year. That was the number of players that Arsenal were looking to sell: Burnt Lino, Pablo Marie, and Sayed Klasinac. And of course, Ainsley Maitland Niles and Following Balogun both went out on loan this week. Um, on the that, same... was last, that was last week, wasn't it? Another one has gone on loan today. 
Freak Kalasinac still plays for Arsenal, technically. He's, well, he is is registered to. He's one of the only players who plays for Arsenal. I think the the most damning number of all that I could find is eighty seven, which is Charlie Patino's squad number. Now that suggests to me that Arsenal have got rather more players than they might be letting on. <laughs> if you've got a lad who's wearing 87. Well, I mean, you know, Arsenal's first team squad this season is not the same as the number of players that Arsenal have got. But the point surely is that the number of players they can got, they've got, they should be calling them up. My concern here is that we must not start normalising, postponing matches because of any old injury. Well, no. Because that fundamentally and irrevocably shifts the balance of power in football to the richest clubs. And the wording of the guidelines allows for it, doesn't it? It, it, It's stuff, stuff like saying COVID has to be a factor. Yeah. And you have yeah. to have 13 first team or experienced youth players. I think it's something like that. How how you define that, I've no idea. Uh, clearly not well enough. <laughs> Arsenal currently have 16 players out on loan, I think. Oh no, they, they had 16 players out. They've they have loaned out 16 players over the course of this season. A few of them returned at the start of January. I've got a solution to this problem. I've been working on this solution for a while, so it's very finessed. But my my solution is that in these special times, COVID times, and haven't they just been special? Um, why not just open it up to anyone who's ever been registered for your club during the Premier League era to you know come come back and play? David Hillier, John Jensen, Ian Selly. This is I've, I've I've actually I've got a list of the uh, first Arsenal Premier League squad, but then why stop there? Pro Am Premier League football, famous Arsenal supporters: Queen Elizabeth II, Olaf V of Norway, Idris yeah. Idris Elba, David Gilmore, Robert Peston. Wouldn't you like to see Robert Peston pulling his socks up playing for the Arsenal? Jeremy Corbyn, of course. Of course, yeah. Oh, and, pr- and uh, Pretty Patel. Yes. Recently yes. unveiled. Yeah, and Keir, I mean, Corbyn, Pretty Patel and Keir Starmer is a midfield three that's for the ages, isn't it? Up behind an attack of Marcus de Sortoy, Osama Bin Laden and Ronnie Biggs, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> the chicken connoisseur in goal. Playing play <laughs> Ronnie Biggs is the equivalent of playing Rondon. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's ever seen the 30 for 30 documentary 1987 Year of the Scab, which is all about when the NFL players went on strike and the NFL teams just brought in a load of strike-breaking ringers, essentially. All the people who'd failed to make the grade in professional football were just sort of parachuted in. And got to got to play for these these big franchises until they managed to break the strike. Now, obviously, you know, there's uh, very very high emotions a- around this, and you know, strike breaking and scabbing and 
crossing of picket lines, but it, it wouldn't be an issue here because no one's on strike. They're just all ill. So why not? But I have, you know, anyone who's ever had a trial at Arsenal, all of those frustrated musicians. Um, oh, like when they, um, they used to put the details for managerial appointments in, in the back of uh, the paper and like fans would send their CVs in. Exactly. Like that. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm into it. But I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm a fun sponge here or anything. <laughs> But how good but is Michael Rosen going to be? He's got long COVID. Sounds to me like your idea yes. is essentially Here we go. to combine the Sky Masters yep. with Soccer Aid. And it's a knockout. And it's a knockout. <laughs> if possible. And, and like a 10 minute game of red ass to decide a draw. <laughs> I, I would watch that. <laughs> I would watch it as well as football. I wouldn't want it to be football. But when we went to the football at the weekend, and, um, you know, in the whatever it's called now, used to be the Sussex County League, it's a Southern Combination Southern League. Southern Combination now. Football League. We watched Shoreham <laughs> FC versus Montpellier Villa, which is not nearly as glamorous as it might sound. But those two teams had managed to find 11 men without injury or covid and had they not been able to i'm sure they probably would have chucked me a shirt and see you know get on with it and that would what, have been you yeah why not i i would pay money to see that <laughs> <laughs> i would pay a lot of money to see. i would pay more money than i am comfortable with <laughs> a three pint second half substitute just gonna yeah. stick, gonna stop and be sick in the corner flag. When I was about ten, my dad's um, cricket team couldn't get eleven together, and I, I, I got to I got to field for for a bit. There you go. <laughs> Why can't the Premier League do that? It's perfectly reasonable. I played in a football team with my dad and my sister. And you, nice. I bet your sister was the best one as well. Oh God, yeah, my sister She's... was really good. If my if my sister had been. You know, ten, twenty years younger, she. I, I, I think there's a chance she could have been a pro player. She was, she was really good. Kicked the yeah. shit out of me. Strangely enough, my sister's really good as well. And I've also played in. I've played in a five-a-side team with my dad and my sister. But uh, a guy on the opponent. This was at like centre parks, and a guy in the opposing team had had been on the books of Crystal Palace. Yeah, which. Yeah. I don't think it's really fair at Centre Park's five-a-side. <laughs> no, and, and nothing can ever prepare you for how good professional footballers are at football. Yeah, nothing can prepare you for how hard they can kick the ball. Didn't you once play Martin Chivers? I did, yeah, <laughs> in about 1994 or so. Um, Who was um, better? Oh well, obviously he was <laughs> until yeah. until his sister tackled him. Yeah, oh, <laughs> bites your legs. Obviously he was, but but yeah, I mean I've played either with or against professional players maybe five or six times, and every time it's just like oh my god, these people they're just just so good. Apart from one occasion when they were fucking lousy, we had this bunch of we we had this pitch five a side pitch double booked. With a Bristol City 
I think it was under 16 or under 17 team. Um, The first team were playing at Watford and they were like hoteled up with them and there for the experience and all that. And they were having a training session when our pitch was double booked with them. So they said, oh, do you want a game then? And we were like, this could get really embarrassing because they're like 15 or 16 and they're just going to, they're going to be so good. <laughs> and eventually we kind of reluctantly went, oh God, right, okay, all right then. And they were useless. We beat them 4-1 in an out two by 30 minute game. And they were they were rubbish. <laughs> what you're gr- telling me is you beat a load of children. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy with that. If they're professional footballer children, then, you know, that's not like ordinary kids. No, you know they 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 put them under special lights to mature them <laughs> more quickly. A lot of um, youth players are rubbish until they fill out, aren't they? Yeah, and there's also an unbelievably high attrition right here. You know, it's like yeah. Well, this is um, the beauty of my system. You see, all of those people who fell by the wayside get another chance, and it will be beautiful because some of them will have got really fat. Like, really fat. <laughs> like, really fat. And you... And you and <laughs> <laughs> like, really fat. And that's, and that's what you want to see on the TV. Yes! <laughs> I'm surprised that when I come round to your house, it's never on Channel 5. Oh, uh, well, you that's, know, that's Channel 5 where... need to have more of that. Pro am fat football players. Uh, I'm a great I'm believer in people who, once their sports career is ended, they go right. Get me the get me the starburst. <laughs> a big fan of that. Anyone whose football career is over by 21, God alone knows the kind of ravages they've put their body through, and I want to see them tested. This is actually a pet hate of mine when you see former footballers as pundits on Sky or whatever mm. and, and they've still got like a 28 inch waist yeah yeah, oh, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like this, this is no longer your job you don't have to do that anymore it's, and the it's thing show, is, it, showing off and the thing is that Edward you've known me this long right you know what shape I am now and you know what shape I was when I stopped playing football which was about 2005 because I have known I've known him that long it's true and, it's fair to say that I don't live the healthiest of life. <laughs> right? Well, also, it's fair to say that you're 50 this year. And and I'm 50 this year. But, I mean, you know, I'm sure I could find a picture of Alan Brazil when he turned 50. And, <laughs> and Christ almighty, I'm still skinnier than Alan Brazil was when he finished playing. <laughs> but, 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 honestly, I, I really, you know, it makes you think... You must have to really go some to put on the sort of weight that, say, Big Never's done. God bless him. I mean, that oh. takes a real oh, dedication. I don't know. He'd put a lot of that on before he retired, when he was sort of third keeper at Bradford. Yeah, when he was when he, still going at 47 years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I love that. I love it. I love seeing... Oh, I do, yeah. And he, he doesn't even drink, so that's all cake. <laughs> Oh, here. <laughs> Nothing's slowing that metabolism down. Yeah, it's it's not even like Alan Brazil, where it's mostly just yeah, bitter. Yeah, yeah, it is, isn't it? It's mostly um, it's mostly lager shandy and a golf club bar. God um, dear. It, and 
I, and I, I got plenty of time for that. Here, I found out earlier today on the substitutes bench for Merston, and I think they're in the Isthmian Premier, so the same league as Worthing, etc. Okay. On the substitutes bench, Barry Hales. Whoa! <laughs> well, Barry I mean, yeah, Hales, who well is and apparently remains the footballer who is older than me. Yeah. Uh, he is four months older than me. <laughs> so he is uh, 49 years old. He's played 16 games for Merstham over the last couple of years and scored one goal. The man is a legitimate phenomenon. I mean... That, that's I mean, remarkable, yeah. 16, 16 games. One goal not obviously isn't a great return, but then again, I would have had one heart attack if I had <laughs> played <laughs> one game for Merston. Also pleased, also pleased to report back from his Wikipedia page that his full name is Barrington Edward Hales. <laughs> and I've got a lot of time for the name Barrington. Yeah. That's, a, that's a very good name. Yeah, it's a good name. You, I would, you've got to really sell it with confidence if you're going to go by the full thing. Though, I yeah. would almost accept going by the name Barry if I knew that my name was Barrington. But I would be more likely to insist that everybody called me Barrington. <laughs> Rightly, I think that's absolutely right. I think we can arrange that. You talk about him. I've got Shane Long's my canary in that, that regard. I think there's about two or three sort of Premier League level players who, who are still older than me. And I'm going to be bereft. Yeah, I mean, with a bit of luck, he'll just keep going. Like Barry Hailson. Yeah, that's true. how he does it. I mean, Merston, let me just double check what league they're in. They are. They're in the same league as the team I support. Well. <laughs> <laughs> They've got a 49-year-old on the bench for them. But no, good luck to him. Good luck to him. You know, because he is the spirit animal to a lot of people. Maybe he uh, realises that as soon as he's given up football, he's going to really let himself go. And he's just doing himself the courtesy of stretching out that football career for as long as he can. Because he knows the kind of hell he's going to put his body through. (laughs) (laughs) Only he knows that. Fair fair fucks to him if it's still going. The Neil Ruddock plan. He's going to follow. <laughs> See, but m- most people would just do the coaching badges and get a cushy little job somewhere. He must be really averse to exams. Yeah. Like, it must be pathological. Ten caps for Jamaica. I didn't know that. All in the last month. Anyway, <laughs> um, I think that I, th- I think we've probably we've probably trodden over enough ground for this week. We've established everything that's wrong with the modern game. The players aren't fat enough, Everton aren't good enough, and Arsenal are a big bunch of milk toast wastrels. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there you go. Thanks very much for joining us, Sam. Always a pleasure. Oh, my pleasure too. Thank you. Have there you, you go. Have you got any? Uh, you got anything that you would like to plug at the moment? Everything I do is is on my Twitter feed. Uh, so uh, just go to at Sam White on Twitter. I've got some pieces of writing and stuff coming out in the next month. Nice. So. White with a Y. White with a Y, yeah. Excellent. As in the whiskey. And one of these days, maybe we'll all be listening 
to Big Mick Energy podcast. That's that's our great hope for 2022. <laughs> and we've got a recording this week, actually, which is a year late, but uh, <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, my my esteemed colleague went off to work for a rock star, so she's been really busy. Rock stars, right? Are we done? Is there anything else? We're all anything else you've got to add? Done. Oh, I've got nothing. Okay, there you go. Right, you can find me on Twitter at TWHT. You can find him on Twitter at 200% pod. Yep. Cast? No, Is just right? pod. Just pod. Just pod. There you go. If, if there's approximately one in three chance that I'll get that right, isn't there? Seems to be working. <laughs> working out. We'll be back again um, same time next week. Thanks very much for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs> John, it's you. Mr. Barlow. Well, I thought you were him. Who? The one that murdered Reggie Farrow. You need glasses. I need a cigarette.